Thank you, Denise. That was uh, did a great job, and I appreciate you. And uh, 
I was trying to remember the name of the writer, William Cowper, I believe I'm saying that correctly. I may not, but uh, wrote that song, and he went through a lot of discouragement and depression, and uh, especially when his mom passed away. And one of the fellows that helped him finish writing that song, I don't know if he put the tune to it uh, or finished helping him, was John, none other than John Newton, the writer of Amazing Grace. And so these are songs back from the 1700s. A lot of our hymns are pretty old. And uh, so that's, that's just, you know, pretty amazing. And um, uh, let's head to the book of Psalms, chapter 49. I want to speak on this subject of the thinking about when our inheritance, what will we leave behind to our kids, our family, members and inheritance or legacy. In Psalm 49, beginning with verse 12, the Word of God says this, Nevertheless, man, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. That This their way is their folly. Yet their posterity approve their sayings. Selah. Like sheep they are laid in the grave, Death shall feed on them, and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. Before we read any further, basically it says we live our lives, we eat, sleep, and work, and then we die. <laughs> it just doesn't sound like it's very promising. Matter of fact, you know, we, we build a house. We leave it somebody else. That eventually houses everywhere. You can think of ghost towns all around Ashley County where there used to be a lot of houses out here, somebody would tell me. Somebody would say, well, there used to be a community out here, somebody would say. I was looking uh, on my news uh, feed the other day, and they were showing on Yahoo News or whatever. They said, look at the old 1984 Winter Olympic uh, facilities. And it showed places that were just overcome with trees and grass because it, it fell in a part of Czechoslovakia or a, a Slavic nation over there near Russia. And it's all gone now. Think about that. Concrete bobsled uh, tracks and everything just completely eradicated. Everything's temporary in this life. So if everything's temporary, what are we going to leave behind for our kids? We say, well, we could leave them money. That's temporary. We could leave them a bunch of land. That's even temporary. It one day will be done away with. And it says, matter of fact, in verse 12, it says, nevertheless, um, uh, and, looking, and looking back at this, or excuse me, verse 13, this their way is their folly, yet their posterity means those that come after them approve their sayings. In other words, yeah, let's just keep doing what we're doing. Their posterity just means those who come after them. And so skip on down to verse 15. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. I'm not just going to the grave. That's not the end, is it? Be not thou afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. When I read that this week, you know what I thought? You never see a U-Haul behind a funeral hearse, do you? <laughs> you just don't see that. So it says, when we die, we're, we can't take anything with us. His glory shall not descend after him. Though while he lived, 
He blessed his soul, and men will praise thee. Yet thou doest well to thyself. He shall go to the generation of his fathers, and they shall never see light. Which basically means we're not, you know, once we die, we're, that's it. Man that is in honor and understandeth not is like the beast that perish. And it says, understandeth not, and you know, we're not saved. We have a, a temporary home. And so I want to think about, you know, God encourages us to fix our eyes on things that endure in the light of eternity. Church members, parents cannot become consumed with temporary parents and and church members cannot allow our pursuit of wealth or power to move us. Now, uh, if you will, you know, thinking about uh, uh, this this verse here, let's head to uh, looking at the 12 and 13 that we just read. It says, Nevertheless, man being in honor abideth not. I just want to talk about that real quickly for just a second, then we're going to head to Second Corinthians chapter four. So, <clears throat> what I'm going to do tonight is thinking about an inheritance or legacy. In just a minute, we're going to think about the difference. What's the difference between an inheritance? You know, I tell you what, we all, every one of us, there's nothing wrong with this. I tell you what, I, <clears throat> I wish I had a long lost uncle leave me a billion dollars. I don't know how much a gabillion is, but it sounds like a lot, so I'm just going to use it. But uh, that would be nice, but it's all temporary. Even if I had a gabillion dollars, uh, I wouldn't know, you know, basically how we could do it if it changed our life any more than the way it is now. Uh, you know, we can all think about an inheritance, but it's all temporary. A legacy is something that lives on. A legacy is something like this. The Bible says the word of God liveth and abideth forever. It's something that will never go out of existence. It's something that will always be. When Jesus started the first church, and that church produced another church, and they just multiplied out, kind of like a, a pyramid scheme, if you will. But it's not a scheme, but it's a way to carry the gospel message that sheep beget sheep, and churches start churches, and we should multiply ourselves. And so it's a good thing, that sort of multiplication. Head now, if you will, uh, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And so just talking about, you know, thinking about what's, what should I think about in keeping my perspective right? If me as a parent and me as a church member, basically this... <clears throat> Talking about and thinking about we've got all these uh, different people that come into our church and that plug in and do different things. And uh, and I have people come to me. Now, some people don't want to do anything. I just want to sit back and just let you preach to me and then I'll go on. And I, basically, I want, I want a church with where I can be as little involved as possible and do as little as possible. But some church members, they want to be involved. They want to do more. They want to, they want to have an effect on eternity. The busier you get at church. And by the way, if you say, you know what? I want to get busy, involved, and active in church. But you're saying this. Ultimately, you don't get busy and involved and active in church. You say, I want to go to work for Jesus. 
That's, that's it. You know, there's a difference between I want to be active in church. I want to go to work for Jesus. That's really the ultimate end, isn't it? Church is just a institution. It's, it, we don't worship the church. We worship a Savior. It's the ends, you know, church is the means, the end is Jesus. Everything about our church should point to Him. What matters in eternity. So, if I want to leave an inheritance, leave them a building. But it's temporary. If I want to leave a legacy, tell them about Jesus. But not only tell them about Jesus, but tell them how to tell others about Jesus. Then you're leaving a legacy. A legacy is, can I raise my kids and can I teach my church members where if I'm not present, can is Trey able to preach? If I'm not able to teach, is there anybody here that's able to teach? If Miss Barbara is sick, is there anybody else that can step in? If somebody won't, if somebody's not coming in behind you and you're not showing them how to do your job, you say, well, I want to feel important. I want to feel needed. I don't want anybody to take my job. That's the wrong attitude. The attitude is, I want somebody to do my job. And if somebody does take your job, go find another one to do. Okay? That's it. If a church that gets self-centered is a church that looks inward and says, it's all about me. It's, and I don't want, and basically, when we raise our kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, we're training them to go to work for Jesus. We're training them to tell others about Jesus. It's Him. It's not, uh, well, I need to train them to work in the church, to keep the church pretty, to keep the church great, to keep the church active. But that's not the main point. The main point is so others can hear about Jesus. And so 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14, says this. <coughs> Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound be pointing to. Lifting up the glory of God. For the which cause we faint not. And when you see faint not in the King James, what does it mean? Don't give up. Don't stop trying. Don't stop swinging the bat. If somebody says, I don't like the way you teach the class. I don't like the way you preach, Brother Michael. I don't like the way you sing a special. I don't like that you say, well, you know what? I'm not quitting. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to try better. I'll try harder. I'll try to do more for Him. But there's always those that are, that are come in and say, well, I don't like the way you do it. How would you do it? Well, I don't like your way either, so we're even. <laughs> then you go on. For the which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Notice this. So, somebody, 
we were talking about this earlier. You know, we may uh, say, well, you know, I, I don't like the way somebody teaches a class. I don't like the way Brother Michael sings. I don't like the way Brother Bull or Miss Geraldine cleans. I don't like the way this is done. I don't like the way Joy does BBS. She'll say, you come do it. <laughs> That's what she'll say, I know. You know, we can criticize and criticize. And, and you know, really, the, according to this verse, it says in verse 17, our light affliction. And really, here in America, that's all we have. Light affliction. Like this. I mean, it's just, you could nitpick something to death. You know, I, preacher, your jacket doesn't match. Or your preacher this, you don't part your hair right. Preacher, your eyeballs don't look right. I don't know. You could pick on any, you could nitpick anybody about anything. And we, it says our light affliction was what? Just for a moment. Which worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, which means temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Which in other words, let's get our eyes off the little physical things and get our eyes on Jesus. In other words... We must build a legacy. We're going to leave something behind when we die. And the verses that we've read have talked about that. So what will we, will we leave behind that counts? There's, again, now we're finally getting to this part. There's a huge difference between a legacy and an inheritance. A legacy and inheritance. Anyone can leave an inheritance, but it takes some, somebody has to work at this. You have to do something. And here's the difference. An inheritance is something you leave to your family and your loved ones. A legacy is something you leave in your family or loved ones. Are you following that? You can leave something to somebody, or you can leave something in somebody. The values we pass on, the values we share, the principles we believe in, you can hold principles, but the best thing to do is to pass on principles. The best thing to do is pass on truths. The truths from what? God's Word. So an inheritance is something I, I could give to you. I love that bumper sticker I saw one time. It was, uh, and I looked up there in this front seat of the vehicle, and it was two older gray-headed people. And it said on the bumper sticker, we're spending our kids' inheritance while pulling whatever. <laughs> It, you know, and it's, it's comical, it's fun, you know, so hey, that way, when they get on up there, they can spend their inheritance too, because I'm not leaving anything to them, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. Kids are, whoa, Brother Michael, <laughs> wait. <laughs> what I mean by that, there's something more valuable, and that is, what do we leave in our kids? That's a legacy. What, do, what values, what principles do we leave in them? 
Uh, and you can say that in the same thing, the, the word of God says it in different ways in other places. It says, bring up a child the way that they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. What's the it? It's a training. A lot, a lot of people have erroneously taken that and said, well, they'll never depart from the Lord. But the it's not the Lord. The it's are because many people have been brought up the best that any parent can bring somebody up. And they depart the Lord. And there's many examples in the Bible of people that were brought up that departed the Lord. Some came back. Some didn't. But they had the training. And so that's it. That's it. Leaving a legacy. And then some parents leave a wrong kind of legacy. We've seen that with David. The legacy he left to his son Solomon. We see that with the, uh, uh, the sons of Eli. Hophni and Phinehas, and they saw how their dad behaved, and they behaved that way and even worse. And then all of a sudden, Samuel went the opposite direction, and he lost his son too, because he devoted so much of his time. He saw how lazy those three were, and so he said he became a workaholic, and he neglected his family just as much. And, uh, and he lost his sons too, according to the Bible. Well, I've got a little comparison for you, just... Uh, Four stages, real quick. Again, what's the difference between an inheritance and a legacy? The very first thing, an inheritance is something tangible you give to others. Legacy is something tangible you place in others. And tangible means not only those things that you can touch, but those things that are real. Those things that are real. What are you going to leave not to your family, not to your friends? You can even leave a legacy to a church. There's people in this church that have passed away that many of you revere because they had good principles, had great a legacy. They left a legacy, something in others for you to pass down. Next, an inheritance is something temporary that brings happiness. Oh, you left me a 1966 Corvette? Yes! Oh, man, that is great. But guess what? Eventually that Corvette's going to not be here forever. And a legacy is something that permanently transforms them. It's not something temporary. Number three, an inheritance is something that eventually fades as it is spent or as it is used, if I can talk. A legacy is something that lives on long after you die. And that's, again, what is it? It's the right, it's, and folks, again, if you have good advice, if you have good wisdom, if you have good principles, if you had good morals, if you have the Word of God, of course, which all those things are based upon, don't hand them to your kids. Leave them in your kids, in your family, in your friends. Mentor somebody. You say, well, man, I missed the boat. I, I don't have any family living under my roof anymore what can i do whether it be time spent with grandkids or finding somebody in church that's maybe not maybe they're not here all the time maybe they're hit and miss church members and you say you know what i I don't even have to tell them 
but I'm going to shoot for being encouragement to them, lift them up. I want to disciple them. I want to work with them. I want to encourage them. It doesn't just have to be one. You can do two. Jesus did 12. Discipled people, worked with people, lifted up people, and one of them didn't turn out right. So it means, guess what? You can be a perfect discipler, and it doesn't mean you're going to get everybody. Jesus failed, which means by that definition, not sinning. He tried something that didn't work out. Remember, the perfect example you could use every time is the example of the rich young ruler. Did he try to lead him to the Lord, lead him to himself, and how to get to heaven? And he failed at doing that. He said it right. He was perfect in his presentation. You say, well, the guy failed. Well, Jesus didn't accomplish his task either, which means this. God leaves it up to you and leaves it up to me. That's what it means. He lets us make the decision. The last thing there that we want to hit on before we have the hymn of invitation is your activity. In other words, working, living, doing, and I give it to others. I've worked all my life, son. Here is your billion dollars. It won't pay off. It won't save his soul. It won't keep him out of trouble. It won't, if he, and folks, you can have a gabillion dollars, you can have cancer and die the next day. Money, inheritance cannot save us. But a legacy can. You know why? Because the best legacy you can leave in your kids, in your friends, is telling them about Jesus. That's the greatest legacy you can leave in anybody. As we prepare for a hymn of invitation. Whatever God may be laying upon you tonight. Uh, what am I going to take from this? The Bible says this. Life is temporary. And if I'm going to leave anything behind, let it be something that matters in eternity. And right now you say, well, I'm not working on with anybody. I'm not really mentoring anybody. I'm... Folks, the only way our church has continued for 150 years is that somebody has worked and invested with somebody. And, you know, most you know it's, the percentage I'm sure has changed over the 150 years. 10 percent, 20 percent, half the church is working with somebody. But if our church is going to thrive and do anything for Jesus, we have to invest. And not give to people, but invest in people. And that's a legacy. Tell them about Jesus.